Hi, I'm Raj. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast. I will be interviewing Doidal Islam, who is one of the candidates for the RPS elections 2018. Welcome to Pharmacy Podcast. Uh, we have our second candidate for RPS elections, Doidal Islam. Um, here at Pharmacy, um, just to give an introduction, what we do to Oidal is uh, we see that the pharmacy as a profession is changing and we're developing a variety of solutions to aid that transition. And one of that is to produce like a podcast so we can get your voice heard and 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 uh, reach it out to the public. Uh, so if you're innovators of change, then um, we can unite together to, to ensure it's achieved. Mm-hmm. So... Um, to ease you into this, uh, Doidal, um, one of the questions I asked um, Harry, and I'll ask uh, to you yourself as well, is are you a leader or a follower? Um, I'll go with the leader at the moment. Um, I think we all start as followers, um, and then when we as some of us naturally go into a leadership position, um, yeah. as with the with my cooperative. Um, I wasn't trying to be a leader. Uh, I didn't set out to become a leader. Um, I created the group to support the locums and naturally fell into the position. Okay. Um, I mean, the whole point of a leader is someone who looks out for uh, anyone that he, represent, he or she represents. Um, and that's from the core group to the outermost of the service out within the organization or within the group. Everyone needs to be looked after. There should be no click in like as in some organizations um so i mean like the the whole leadership thing is i think it's quite complex hi thordor yeah i can hear now (laughs) it's got two features so either you hold it up like you would a normal uh, conversation on a phone or you swipe up on the red button and then you can just speak into the microphone aspect yeah, yeah, I can, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so for our listeners, Doido, um, just give them a brief introduction to your journey um, from being qualified and to you running for candidacy. Well, um, I qualified back in 2005. Um, my first job was with Lloyd, very briefly, uh, as a relief pharmacist. Um one of the advices that one of the senior um, regional managers gave me uh, when I was doing was that if you're going to be a manager, um, it's best to actually start off at the local. Okay. You get to see what all the other companies uh, work like, how they operate. You get a lot of experience working in different branches. Yeah. And I took that advice on, um, that was during my period here. Um, so my first month after I qualified, I actually welcomed. Didn't work for pretty much all the companies out there within the month that I could, um, maybe from Boots to Alliance and all the other smaller companies that was there. Um, and I learned a lot. Uh, going back into Lloyd's, I, I just didn't feel quite feel comfortable with the, with the way they were working. So I went back out to Locum. Okay. Um, and after that, I had a brief, uh, had a few uh, management positions as well. Uh, worked in, uh, had a few businesses, uh, worked in a specialist home care company, uh, providing, dealing with mainly rare disease conditions. Uh, then spent some time in industry, um, did some work on the IT uh, sector as well, uh, healthcare IT. 
um, and back to welcoming. Um, now I've seen everything that's happened in the last 13 years and how we've gone downhill year on year. And that's really why, um, I again, that's why I created this co-op to kind of create a massive network where people can come and talk to each other and find out what, what's actually going on. It, it gives a much higher resolution of information for people that are, for locum especially, uh, and even for managers who are looking for um, opportunities out there to see what's, what, what it's like in different parts of the country. Um, and I found that it's great to have a, a, a network, but have being being in the RPS board gives you a much stronger platform to reach out to the the, the profession itself, the the senior uh, uh, pharmacists um, and the uh, politicians and the RPS itself. I think the RPS itself has a lot going for it, but I don't think it's being fully utilised. Um, and. With my experience in uh, in social media uh, and having this network, I think I can bring a lot of that experience over to, to the RPS and can represent the pharmacists that I've spoken to over the past year or two. Okay. All the problems that I've heard, all the all the managers of the real pharmacists, the hospital pharmacists, the the locum, especially like, they've all continued with a lot of issues. I've I've been through a lot of the conversations, both privately and in and in public. Um, and that's given me a lot of things that I think I can work with. I can take it to the RPS board and say, look, over the past few years, I've been talking to thousands of pharmacists, literally not, this hasn't been a little survey, um, of set questions. This is me personally talking one-to-one to to hundreds and thousands of pharmacists. And we have a lot of issues and there's, you can see a pattern over that period of all wrong conversations the issue is always uh, we're overworked there's too much uh, pressure from the area managers to hit commercial targets there's not enough staff to do the work that they expect us to do I mean, sometimes you, ex- you, ex- you ask yourself am i supposed to be bending the laws of physics to get these numbers out there because i literally can't do the work that they're expecting me to do um, I had a I had a call from an uh, from a manager at three a.m. because he was really stressed about the pressure that he was put under by the area manager. Okay. So there's a lot of issues that are that are there at the moment, <clears throat> and I understand from contractors because some of my closest friends are contractors, and I see their issues as well that, uh, from the from the other side that you know they can't a lot of them can't actually pay. <laughs> The higher rates can't afford to keep the staff that's required to do the do the job properly. So I see it from both sides, and um, I think there's a lot that we can do, and there's a lot that we should do. There's a lot that we must. Do. What would you say is one of the um, main focus points or the main topics that you hear from uh, whilst running the cooperative? So if you say the top three, what would you say the top three are? Hello, can you hear me now? Hello. Yeah. Uh, okay, here we go. Sorry. Um, uh, so, where did I get up to? Um, I said based on the information that you've had from many pharmacists talking to you in the cooperative, what would you say are the top three issues that we need to need to address as a profession? Um, there's quite a few things to be honest. Um, the top three, I would say, is three biggest issues that constantly comes up. Uh, one is the workplace pressure. 
Okay. To a pressure at the moment, uh, you have farms going in uh, day in day out doing the job of two to three different people. Um, you have next to no staff, um, so that that is one thing that we really have to deal with. Uh, then you have the um, locums who are um, who are being threatened uh, for negotiating higher rates. Um, that's something that again needs to be looked at. Um, the locum the local sector is. It's a very important sector to the whole company. If you if you take the locums away, you it causes a lot of issues for farms on an operational level. Uh, so I think we need to sort out the locum side of things as well. Um, and on the contractor side, obviously the, the the actual contract itself, which is badly designed, um, badly negotiated. Obviously, having it is having that issue now. Whether the clawback after clawback every month is really affecting the, the independent pharmacies, three thousand at risk of closing. So we need to. Okay. Um, well. You were part of the RPS hustings um, the other week. What insight have you gained yeah. from the hustings? Yeah. Well, if I'm being blunt. Um, it wasn't done too well, to be honest. I didn't get a chance to answer many of the questions. It was an hour, and there wasn't enough time given Did for everyone. The platform to ask the that, that was used um, was the right think, platform what, what, to host the hostings. I think it was, but I just think there was enough. Uh, I okay. just think it was laid out properly. Uh, as soon as as soon as it started. Everyone was firing questions and there wasn't enough time to answer the questions. And before you know it, the hour was and the, the group was closed. So I mean, that was okay. only about, with about 350 people. Um, I think next, maybe look at okay. uh, doing it. Um, why do you think there is so much negativity in pharmacy? I think, uh, well... It, again, it goes back down to the contract, um, and a lot of it is down to greed, I would say, from uh, from the larger multiples, where they expect pharmacists to do more and more for less and less in terms of staffing and in terms of wages. Um, if you're constantly squeezing um, a sector or a group of people, you are naturally going to get a kickback, and this is a kickback. That we are no longer enjoying okay. the work that we do. We are supposed to be patient focused, but yeah. we become profit focused. Um, every pharmacy you go into, oh, we've got a target of 400 to hit, you have to do two today. Just didn't get it too easy because you know, you've know not got enough staff to do the rest of the work. So you have to do all the trays and all the methadone addicts made up, methadone bottles you made up, um, and you have to check your own work yourself. So if you're asking me to be positive um i'd love to be uh but give me a workplace where i can go into constantly to do muas and nms's on anyone and everyone that walks in then i'll be very positive because then i can do my i can do what i'm uh actually supposed to do that is look after my patients uh look after the clinical needs spend some time understanding 
what their actual side effects are, what their problems are, are they having any problems with their medication, uh, any side effects. These are things that we are so what you're saying, so, so what you're saying, Thordal, is that Not- we as pharmacists have been taken away from um, applying quality services to our patients because we are inundated with targets. Um, how could we combat this? A better negotiation from the PSNC would be a start. Um, it's not been negotiated very well. The contract, to be honest, uh, we don't get paid. We don't get paid enough. Uh, the 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 clawbacks are drastically affecting the profit margins of um, of companies, uh, especially independents. And the multiples are, are fine. Uh, because they're vertically integrated, they, they have a wholesale side uh, that covers a lot of their costs. But the multiples mm-hmm. are really being affected by all of this. <clears throat> and I think what we need is for the new, next contract uh, to be negotiated uh, fairly so we can actually go out and do our job without having to con- Hi. <laughs> So, um you said you got um, some experience in uh, different sectors. Um, from that experience, how would you improve the co- cross-sector relations in pharmacy? My experience was in industry for a short time and special tank uh, side. Um, to be honest, what we need is a very representation from uh, different sectors. Uh, we do have a large, a large section of the pharmacy population is pharmacy population is uh, in the in, in uh, community pharmacy. That's why you have everyone uh, on the most of the people on the board are from community. Uh, but I think if we had more people from uh, hospital pharmacy, from uh, industry pharmacy, yeah. uh, from the IT side, then I think we get a much better understanding of what the other guys are going for, what the pressures are. Um, if I'd worked in, the, I know a lot of guys on the, uh, on, the, on, the on our network. Okay. Are on are from hospital pharmacy, and they again have a lot of pressure from um, them as well. So again, we need someone who's got a lot of hospital uh, background, who's working for a long time, and understands the pressure of the contract and how that works. To come on board on. Okay, the, so basically, connecting with collective of different pharmacies from different sectors would aid understanding into what pressures each other's face on a day-to-day basis would help improve that. Hello? 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 Hi. Um, so what you're saying is if we have a board different people from different sectors so like pharmacists from different sectors and that would aid improving in understanding what sort of pressures they deal with on a day-to-day basis is that what you're saying hello hello yes yes hi Thordal Is, is your reception? <laughs> Are you standing um, somewhere with less reception? Hello? 
Hello? Hello? Hi. Are you moving around? Just try to stay stationary if possible, Doidle. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi, I'm on the phone. Can I call you back? Hello. Hi. Yep. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> you were saying, yeah, so are the. Hello? Perfection. Yeah. Okay. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, so. Uh, family that are outside the profession. Uh, I think a lot of the thing is that we just put boxes of medicine. And I think that uh, a lot of that is our fault. We're so busy with just doing our work, we don't spend enough time with the patients. That has led to a lot of the public uh, perception that we don't do anything more than just hand up boxes of medicine. And that, that's something that we need okay. to really uh, resolve. Because we change the public perception of what we do uh, until the public understands that what, what we do is extremely vital. And we are the last in line before the medicines go up to the patient. Um, and uh, the, the clinical knowledge that we have and how we stop errors going through until patients understand all of that and until we get more media attention on that side. Okay. We won't get that public support that we need um, and understanding. And again, that goes back to the contract where we just don't have enough money to pay the staff we need so we can spend more time on the front to do more clinical services. So, so essentially, we need to sort out the contract first, the get the back end of it sorted before we sort out the image. Okay. Yeah. 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 The, 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 well, it's, it has to come on at the same time. Um, we have to spend more time with the patients, okay. and at the same time, we have to sort out that contract that we're in at the moment. Um, and hopefully, uh, in time, the public reception will change the... the the uh, profession will improve, but it has to. The, we have to be remunerated properly, both in, okay. in the business side. Um, and, if you could uh, enforce one change, well. what would it be and why? I think the biggest change I would um, okay. enforce is the um, the PDA roadmap. Uh, because it literally it, it speaks for the pharmacist. It puts patients at the very center of our, um, of our focus. Mm -hmm. And it's a common sense approach to solving a lot of our problems that we have, like you know, self-checking, make sure there's enough staff. If you read through the full charter, it's actually quite simple things. Um, and it's a common sense thing. I mean, I said one of the first time I read it, I was like, well, there's actually yeah. pretty simple things that we should be doing anyway. But the interesting thing is we're not. And when you talk to 
all these pharmacies uh, on on the on social network. We're not doing half of those things. We're not in a place where we we can't stop talking. I was working in one supermarket, multiple. Um, and they had a really interesting sign saying you should only be self-checking uh, in, under special circumstances. Interesting thing is, for three hours in the morning and for another three hours in the evening, they have no stuff. So you're self-checking. So according to them, the special circumstances are about five or six, five, six hours a day, which to me doesn't literally makes no sense. Um, we don't have enough staff. Um, we have a threat of three more supervision, obviously the tech supervision uh, that's constantly there. Um, again, I have no issues with the, with technicians or with dispensers or with the ACTs. What I want to want the profession to first of all sort out is the pharmacist role. We haven't even resolved that. We we're creating all the different roles for all the other pharmacy professionals. Yet the pharmacist that sits on top of the food chain. We haven't figured out what we need to do. We're supposed to be doing clinical services. We're supposed to be spending more time with the patients through this MUR and MS service, yet we don't get the time yeah. to spend them. They've become uh, commercial targets. The pharmacy managers are hounded, literally hounded by area managers to make sure they hit those targets. And if not, they're put under review. I have seen so many emails from area managers. Uh, demanding they have to answer why they haven't done X number of MURs in that one week. I mean, again, like I said, unless mm -hmm. you bend the laws of physics, so these things can't actually be done. So we need a, a real common sense approach and understanding of how businesses actually work and how patients actually work. We don't just grab someone off the shop floor and say, come on, let's do a medicines use review on you. It simply doesn't work that way. And it's not a good use of NHS funds. We should be using it to find the people who need it, not so we can have a target of... It doesn't actually do uh, any favours for our for image as a profession either. Um, if we just like, you know, that person gets taken into the consultation, we no. see them out within two minutes and it's like, was that a war? No. <laughs> yes, Hey, the, the, the first thing is when when I'm having to do an MUR because it's part of a target and we have to hit that two for the day or three for the day or the four for the day, um, I'm under auspice, I'm under pressure to get that out. Then I have obviously the baskets waiting. So I'm going to be in a rush to finish the MUR off. But if I do that, I've just been paid, I've just claimed £28 from the NHS to do a thorough clinical review of a patient's medication yeah. to understand so that they understand how their medication works, what side effects they're having. And if I take that patient in and the patient and is out Hi. Hi. Um yeah, sorry. Uh so uh I can't remember where I got to now. <laughs> About uh, services, and we have that quality service, obviously, to our patients. If we're going to get paid £28 from the NHS. Yeah. So, yeah. So, if we, if, like I said, if, if we are getting paid £28 from the NHS, uh, which we are, uh, then I want it to be quality. I can't sit in a room with a patient just to have them to sign off uh, a piece of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've had chat when they didn't get any quality care out of it the nhs didn't get any value for money out of it the tax taxpayer didn't get any value out of it so we have to prove that we're not just there to take uh, off the nhs that we are actually 
doing something. Now I understand a lot of um, a lot of the MUAs are very, very useful and they're very effective. Um, and when it, when we when you do the, it, it does help a lot of patients. Yeah. But what doesn't help is when we're when you're having to do one just ahead of target. Just That's what we that mentality of target driven services. We need to do away with all of that. Mm-hmm. We, we can't have any targets from healthcare. Okay. People aren't people aren't business people aren't numbers. They are actually living people with health issues, mm-hmm. and NHS is spending in a time when there isn't enough money. NHS is investing a lot of money in pharm- invest that money in pharmacy, so we can get a real um, outcome. Okay, and that's not someone with an aspirin. Uh, sitting in the room asking, you know, oh, how, are you, how are you doing working with your aspirin today? Yeah. Okay. Um, what inspires you on a day-to-day basis to do what you do? It's the struggles that people go through. When I open my uh, open the, uh, the messages on Telegram um, and I see pharmacists campaigning day in, day out about issues, about things that they we can really solve quite easily, but we're not. There isn't enough um, enough action being taken to resolve some of the most simplest things. That's what a, it annoys me, and it, at the same time it drives me to try and solve those issues. Uh, I mean, the, the whole thing was uh, voluntary. The, the whole group is voluntary group. So we, uh, there's a whole group of us that work together to ensure that group network works properly and it serves everyone, okay. um, which takes out a lot of our time and effort. But the fact that a lot of people find benefit from this network um, and it has ch- generally changed the perception of the profession for a lot of pharmacists, that there are people out there who are willing to sacrifice their time to create a network that supports everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and the the private message I get from farms from managers from locums who say you know what thank you without this group and without the knowledge you guys have shared we wouldn't have known how to negotiate um, a shift or what the rates are um, or how to solve the answer this uh, clinical query um, so I mean we have clinical queries we have clinical support uh, groups we have uh, local support groups we have student support groups we have pre-reg support groups so in a newly qualified pharmacists um, they get all the support they need from hundreds of qualified pharmacists that have been around for decades so that that real strong support network that that family feel to it and that's, and that's what really drives it where do you see pharmacy in the next five years a more clinically focused profession um I understand the need for business and to uh, make profit. Ultimately, we don't go out, wake up in the morning and go out to work because we're nice people. We do have to pay bills. So there is a commercial need, but I think we, we can have a contract that's far more clinically focused, where we're ser- which is a bit more service focused, um, and not one that tries to you know, uh, outsource all the work to a warehouse out in the middle of nowhere. But one where we are still in charge of uh, the the medicines themselves, but at the same time we are uh, we have enough funding so we can spend a bit more time uh, with the patients and have staff to do a lot of the work. 
uh, especially mm-hmm. the ACTs and the techs doing a lot of the uh, mechanical work. Um, I think that's ideal in five years. That's where uh, I would like to see the profession go. Um, and obviously in the use a lot more uh, technology as well, uh, robots and um, AI-based uh, software to support a lot of the clinical decision-making process uh, would enhance the way we work. Um, I've seen a lot, of what, a lot of what the AI can do at the, currently in healthcare um, and how it can um, give you update information and predict uh, future um, and current and future trends of uh, health uh, in patients and in populations. I think if we can if you can use it, if you can tap into that, it'd be phenomenal. Uh, we could really change uh, the profession and the way we work. But hey, we have to uh, embrace technology, uh, and B, we have to at the same time ensure that um, we are still in charge of uh, the medicine side because that is ultimately what we specialize. In. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Can you hear me now? yeah. <laughs> okay. This is going to be a lot of editing on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I think that will, I don't know what's going on because I have got full reception. Uh, I am full, full sitting day. absolutely stationary, scared to move. <laughs> I, I, I'm just sitting in the car in my car park and I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I have full reception, so I don't really know what's going on with this. Sorry okay. about that. So what Quite, quite, quite close to finishing anyway now. Um, probably about two, three questions left. Um, so a bit of a cheeky question that I'm going to ask you now, Doido. Apart from voting for yourself, who out of the other candidates would you vote for? Stephen Riley and Thurin. I think these two people have. I know Stephen Riley isn't really that well known, but I have been. Uh, I have known him for a good couple of years now, and he's working with the PDA Union, and he was one of the um, architects of the roadmap. He's worked on that quite closely. Uh, he works with the union, and he supports uh, farms quite a lot. Uh, but he isn't that. Uh, he isn't really out on social media as much. Um, he's someone I think that can really support pharmacists uh, and do wonders in the uh, uh, on the board. And Theron, obviously, she's always out there uh, pushing for a pharmacist recognition, um, going out on social media and on on TV uh, promoting pharmacy and what we do. So I think those two uh, really would get my. They got my vote. I have voted, and I have actually voted for those two guys as well. Okay. Awesome. And a bit of a geeky question for all the geeks that are listening in here as well. Um, which fan are you? A Star Wars or are you a Star Trek fan? Both. Both. Um, I actually like both of them. For um, I think it's, with Star Trek, it's a bit more, a bit more sci-fi. Real cutting-edge sci-fi. Whereas Star Wars, it's a bit more political. Uh, and, I, and I do like a bit of both. Um, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I'm, I'm torn between the two at the moment. <laughs> That's good to hear. Um, okay, the last question. You've got 30 seconds to do a quick promo of why uh, to promote your candidacy. Um, and well, um, I think you should vote for me uh, because I have proven over the last two years uh, that I can really do the work. I'm not just all talk. Um, I've created a network to support thousands of pharmacists. I've learned a lot over those two years and I want to, once I'm on the board, once I'm voted in, uh, I want to take that forward and really work for the profession. Um, and the whole, what I've done for the last two years has been voluntary. Obviously, when we're in the board, that's voluntary position as well. So 
for me, money isn't the focus. I'm not here to improve my CV. I'm here to improve the profession. Um, and if you want someone who's more action than words, then I'm your, I'm your guy. Okay. Thank you very much, Doidal. Uh, thanks very much for being part of our podcast. Um, and we wish you the very best um, with the elections and um, hopefully it all turns out positive. <laughs> hopefully, yes. Yes. All right. Thank you very much, Doido. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye.